and welcome to the Shriekcast bonus time, bonus zone number two. Um, we are covering Fantastic Beasts on this one, the first movie and the book. Now, technically, um, this is part of the actual timeline, so I think what we're going to do is have this up as a bonus for a few months or whatever, and then when the Fantastic Beast movie comes out, maybe we'll make this a public one. So if you're joining us between or before November 16th or whatever, welcome and thank you for your dollars. And if you're joining us for free in November, um, uh, I'd, I'd like a dollar, please. Would you like a dollar, Liz? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I guess we can we can split it 50 cents, 50 cents yeah. a piece. Uh, yeah, there you since- go. Luckily, we we only had to buy the Fantastic Beasts movie the, the one time thanks to those handy handy digital codes. But yeah, so we're covering Fantastic Beasts. Uh, I guess the main reason this kind of sprung to mind now, as opposed to just waiting for the the timeline to get there naturally as we continue, is that this ties into Chamber of Secrets thematically. In that this is another J.K. Rowling do- tries to do racial politics in fantasy and and fails miserably story i thought you were gonna say it it relates to chamber of secrets because there was a fantastic beast in the chamber (laughs) that is true um does newt scamander's does newt scamander's book say anything about how spiders don't have eyelids uh no i don't think it does actually um I, I think that might, a, that might be a that might be a little fandom special, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess we can take a look at, at at the source material for this film. I originally read this uh, when it came out. Um, uh, you know, I think it was between books four and five, or maybe three and four. I'm not quite sure. Um, all the proceeds went to uh, a charity called Comic Relief, which is a um, I did a little bit of reading about it. I guess it's it's like pretty pretty well known in England as a yeah. uh, like big time like telethon raising money to end mm-hmm. poverty. I so remember when I was cool. a kid in England, like there would be and it like went away for a while and came back. I think they, uh-huh. it was like comic comic relief and and Res, red nose day and like yeah you'd, yeah you'd, you'd see all your favorite like TV celebs wearing like red clown noses and there'd be special editions of comics and 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 stuff like that it's a it's a big um i'm trying to think of like an american equivalent but i can't really think of anything quite as direct you know i guess. I, I, can, I can imagine it and i can see it on i'm on pbs but i can't for the life of me think of what it's called there there oh, is a big sure. one here i just can't cannot uh, it, it kind of is like palace. the uh it, it kind of is like the um the uh npr like or opb drive you know where, yeah, where it's like yeah. here's 24 hours of of content specifically uh kind of designed to get you to call in and uh and like you know they get special guests to to contribute and stuff it's, it's cute yeah so all the proceeds went to that which is is pretty cool and i guess uh for those that aren't familiar or you know it's been a really long time probably since they've had the fantastic beasts book and this and this book came out at the same time as the quidditch through the ages and and the the premise of these are that they are in universe quote-unquote textbooks that were were owned by 
Harry, I, I believe they're supposed to be Harry's textbooks and they have uh, writings in the margins, like notes from Harry, Ron and Hermione kind of commenting on the material. And there's a uh, foreword in the book that actually talks a little bit about comic relief. And the kind of the joke is it's like, we're, we are publishing these books for muggles for the first time uh, to, to raise, raise money. So so that's kind of the the premise surrounding these, and and this one obviously got a movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. But mostly, you know, it's written by by Newt Scamander. I would say the the bulk of the book is a kind of field guide, in, like inventory of different magical creatures. They're all ranked by how dangerous they are. There's a little legend at the beginning. The like most dangerous are is you know like four X's, and it's a known wizard killer, and the the like least dangerous is one x for boring <laughs> there's some cute stuff like that in there i i did really like like you mentioned that there's notes in the margins and stuff mm-hmm. i love that on um, the first one is like acromantula and presumably ron has just put like 50 more x's next to the ranking like, <laughs> there's some cute yep. stuff like that in there yeah and little callbacks to the book i think in the basilisk entry it says at the very end that there hasn't been one scene in in scotland and it, there's like a note that harry's written that's what you think or, or something <laughs> along those lines and and ron has written chudley cannons all over the book and um so, so I think it's overall pretty cute. I think the thing that I wasn't really, uh, wasn't really expecting out of this was kind of uh, the the tone of like old timey naturalist yeah. field writing tone. It has that. It has like a uh, like Doctor Livingston esque like 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 pith helmet guy tone to it or something like. It reminds me of like the beginning, like presumably you've you've seen Atlantis, right? The 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 Disney one. Hell no, you haven't seen Disney. Okay, Disney Atlantis, no. <laughs> un, un, underrated film, IMO. Uh, but it has it, it, you know, it's like that, like romancing the stone, old timey adventure guy. Thing. Sure, yeah, like yeah so so I would say it's it's like that and and I'll say when I didn't expect it, it's not in the context of this, which is the source material, but having read it again after watching the film, I was like, this is a different different from what I was expecting and and I do think it is kind of a an interesting tone to take uh for kids who are not going to recognize it as anything other than probably relating it back to maybe Atlantis that they've seen or, or, that, or that, that kind of, that kind of vibe. They're not, you know, thinking like, Oh, this reminds me of reading origin of species when mm-hmm. you know Charles Darwin shows up on an Island and cuts open a bunch of birds. Hell yeah. So I, I mean, there, that is, there's, there's some stuff in here. <laughs> I've got to say like, um, I was not, I, I had not put together or remembered that this book is the origin of the really awful, uh, like beast versus being politics that uh, we were talking about in our Sorcerer's Stone episodes. Uh, yeah, the whole yeah. the whole like intro to this book is like about Newt Scamander's involvement in. Well, first of all, okay. The first thing it says is that when he he thinks about back to being a little boy, dismembering horclumps, which is a <laughs> weird 
J.K. Rowling hates animals, which is a thing that makes this kind of thing really funny. That uh, mm-hmm. she wrote an entire fake naturalist book uh, from this perspective, but also, um, so so Newt Scamander worked in the office of house elf relocation. What's that, bud? Yeah, I wonder. I, I well, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, and I'm going to assume it's like when house elf's master dies or something. The house elf has to be relocated somewhere. You gotta think, shuffle right? the slaves around, I guess. Uh, ah! I, I, this is something that I have to recall, and might be wrong, but like, wasn't that something to do with with uh, Grimold Place? All the house elves were mounted; their heads were mounted on the wall because yeah. they didn't want them to get like taken away. It was like it's better for you to be dead than than serve another family I, I or whatever yeah, it's, it's yeah. very and so yeah so that's kind of referenced in this and it's referenced as a job that he had that was tedious and he didn't like um the other thing that it positively cites is that apparently he made the werewolf registry mm, that's so good. that's a that's a thing that is not not at all loaded or you know yeah evokes any kind of ideas well especially because jk has also said that the werewolves are a metaphor for aids so in it's all like it's all right like just on paper the like like oh like we'll have a a registry of of the undesirables it's already weird but like lumping that in with your already clumsy retroactive like aids metaphor is like newt's commander sitting around thinking like oh we should we should just catalog all the people with aids like thanks good one i guess like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think that this uh, the picture that this book paints is a very different characterization to me of newt than is in the movie probably for good reason um Mm -hmm. and i and i'm sure that the the idea of newt's character was not was not fully formed when this was written you know this is like a 65 page um uh, kind of joking sort of take on a like old timey wizarding textbook that all the kids have to read. Yeah. But it does, it does paint this picture of this person who, you know, like I said, like old timey, like explorer naturalist kind of guy that, that comes, you know, after his explorations comes back and write, like writes laws and, and is, is somewhat important in kind of the internal workings of, of the government, which is not, not really the picture that i think the movie paints for him also it doesn't see i mean he has an appreciation for the animals i would say in the book but it's a it, it comes from like a different kind of place he's a very I, I would scientific say. mind in the book yes he like he's like an old-timey scientific you know discoverer cataloger kind of guy and We'll get to the movie, but he is a much he seems like much more of just like a like nature activist type guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is a little different. So like yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that all of the thing like it goes into the being beast thing a lot. It kind of does a humorous take on the history of what that meant. There's kind of there's a reference to his predecessor that tried to make it so that uh beings were just uh creatures that walked on two legs and then there's a kind of comical like oh but then trolls were in the ministry and and wrecked a bunch of of shit so that didn't work um and then like someone else tried to make it you know 
beings are are creatures that could speak the human tongue, but then the mer people got mad because they can't they can't speak to humans outside of the water. Um, so it's it's like tongue in cheek, but I think nods at an overall problem with how this world is constructed. And I I am okay with some of those nods, but probably a very weird choice to cast so much scrutiny on a house of cards. I would say. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where I think in a vacuum, if you just said like, I wrote a fake old timey satirical textbook, this works, right? Because yeah. it, 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 it kind of references and, and behaves like a, the kind, you know, if you have an old textbook with some kind of questionable older points of view in them, like, like this, the, that works. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as a foundation for the actual history of a book series that gets more and more serious as it goes on, it it takes on a much more, uh, I guess, like sinister tone, I guess. I, it's hard to it's hard to grapple with that stuff because like the like the the descriptions of the like meetings and 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 stuff are funny on their own but then you realize like oh except that this is completely real and how the history of this world went down because as the books continue like we see hints of this stuff like in the world in a very serious light and that just kind of doesn't quite work i think yeah yeah i mean i i have no problem with this book um and i think we'll, we'll probably move into talking about the movie because um this is something that the 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 story of Harry Potter is built upon this this the conceit of this world being that that wizards are are hidden from muggles and they hide hide dragons and all that stuff and i think that that premise works really well for the story of Harry Potter that's being told i'm still shocked that the next thing they decided to do is turn a big spotlight on that the conflict that <laughs> that premise is based yeah. on because it just doesn't work Mm-mm. no it does not um well before we move into the movie stuff do you have a do you have a favorite creature from this book Ah, uh, good question um i kind of like the crep just because it's a dog it's a dog yeah do- dog with two tails right dog with crep. two tails like- um and i guess you know i sincerely just kind of like the descriptions of the the different dragon varieties that was a Mm -hmm. that was a huge thing for me as a kid i i read every like garbage dragon book there was and one of my favorite (laughs) things were like the different varieties of dragons i had like little statues that i got at the mall it was like this is a forest dragon and so i really like that stuff still that kind of speaks to my my inner dragon loving child Hell yeah. Um, I guess I, I guess my top is the fire crab because that's some that's some video game monster stuff. There we go. Video some video game lore. There's the fire crab. No giant snail that you have to flipendo though. No, so. no, sadly. Newt, step it up. You're missing you're missing some creatures. <laughs> um, but so okay, so so on from this this weird little cute like charity book thing yeah um to a multi-jillion dollar not for charity blockbuster hit uh that's my transition um <laughs> um so this movie 
uh, it was announced in 2013 as Rowling's screenwriting debut. Uh, that is amazing because like we've, we've, we've joked before about how like, like I don't think JK Rowling is a bad writer to be clear. Like I think that mm-hmm. these st- the, the prose and, and style in these books is, is good for sure. And she can write a mystery. No problem. Um, but, but there's, we've definitely joked about how like whenever she's, approached for like writing advice or like you know talks to like writers or goes to schools her advice is always the weirdest like most generic like you should have a structure uh (laughs) characters have motivations i wrote an outline of the whole story before i wrote the book you know just like really impressed with the the general process of writing you know (laughs) and so her just leaping to screenwriting, which is like a completely, completely different skill than novel writing. Uh, jumping into like billion dollar studio franchise immediately is so like that. Of course, of course she did. Like she's J.K. Rowling. She doesn't have to toil in the short film industry. She doesn't have to like get a partial writing credit on something she just gets to go straight to screenwriting oh Oh, yeah why not um and and as we as we will pick apart in this episode boy that shows i think that this was kind of her first yeah i'd say so i you know i will say and this is unrelated to her writing as a screenplay with with no no real experience but i do notice sometimes when i'm reading her novels how cinematic some of the 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 imagery seems to me Mm -hmm. or like her pacing is very yeah it is it's very cinematic so um honestly i'm not that surprised to see this happen but um I, I think for for me personally, if I wrote a series of wildly successful novels and became richer than God, if someone came to me and said, like, hey, can you write a screenplay? I would say, well, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> or at least like, can can I pay someone to teach me? Or like, maybe I'll, maybe, maybe she Take did. Take a class. But like, it de- <laughs> yeah, it definitely like has that first or like not a typical screenplay writer feel to it um the Mm -hmm. way it's structured uh the movie originally i guess uh the guy who directed uh azkaban was was on deck uh to direct this and then talks fell through i guess which is a bummer so alfonso coron he hopefully i pronounced that correctly i'm sorry if i didn't um but yeah he directed prisoner of azkaban the one that i think regardless of how people view it as an adaptation i think most people agree it is like the best film you know yeah like like good as a movie for sure even if people disagreed with its hp loyalty yeah yeah um and i'm kind of bummed that he didn't i would have loved to have seen him take another crack at it and because the guy that they did get to direct uh was david yates who did the last three four movies um who you know has definitely has a vision for the harry potter franchise and it's um involves big third act cgi battles um but uh <laughs> so when I, while alfonso corn uh was in talks originally he declined and what he said was uh directing azkaban was a very beautiful experience for me i have a lot of love for that universe and i tremendously admire jk rowling but today for the present projects based around lots of visual effects don't attract me uh 
I'm wow. coming out of a five-year process of doing visual effects, and I sort of want to cleanse my palate of that a little bit. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So that really feels like, I like this was before the movie was even you know completely announced or, or or teased or whatever. This was this is all business stuff. So the fact that they were already arguing about how many effects there should be, presumably this is a big fight over the third act, right? Which is pretty funny. Um, yeah. Yeah uh so that's that that's kind of a bummer that he he passed on that i feel like that would have been a a a good movie that we missed out on um the other big piece so the big main piece of marketing for this is uh this was this this movie was at the forefront of the redesign of our favorite website um Oh, good. This, this is like close to when, like, the lead up to this movie is like when Pottermore swapped over from being a a, a social networking thing to a like BuzzFeed uh, type thing, and there were four original pieces by J.K. under the umbrella title "Magic in North America," and that's where we got oh, Ilver, no. Ilvermoney. That's where we got um, uh, the main thing. This is probably remembered for is this is where her insanely fucked up. Uh, writing about how Native American magic worked uh, came from. Yeah, uh, yeah. I al- although it's my favorite website, I sometimes I t- sometimes forget how fucked up that was. <laughs> it was pretty. And she bad. really doubled down on it too. She really did. Yeah. I mean, there was already some dumb shit on on Pottermore in her writing. Like before <laughs> this, even there was the thing about how the uh, in the Japanese school um all the robes are white until you are shamed and then they turn red or whatever and like it's just like she's just like seen one samurai movie or whatever and decided that that was what she was going to base her whole japanese school around the thing particularly uh shitty about the magic in north america thing is that it basically like writes this whole story to explain how uh like native american shamans and stuff are fake and charlatans except there were a few who are real wizards who used the harry potter magic uh yeah so that's yeah. that's a little fucked up just just waltzing on and saying like oh your your magic that's fake my magic cool as hell and real so thanks jk for that one yeah that's a bit that's a big bummer um uh, although you know their magic is fake but you know they're they're mythological creatures that are are still you know culturally important and and in some ways spiritually important uh those are real uh, (laughs) and i get to use them and 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 she gets to use them and they also get to be friends with the european wizards that came over and founded the school so really there's a lot there's a lot going on here um obviously she came under a lot of criticism and I and I believe just really, really doubled down on on uh, how actually good her stuff was. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a big thing. And the uh, I guess the other an- another one of the big things in this uh, is something we will get into in this movie because it becomes a big plot point. But this was also the big retcon of the Salem witch trials uh, where instead of it being a joke to the wizards like it was in the first book, uh, now it was actually like a real persecution which is a weird thing to change, I think. Yeah, I I agree. And I personally am not a big fan of it. No. Well, we, <laughs> we'll get plenty of time to talk about the second Salemers in this film. Um, yeah. So 
So let's get into it. Let's get into the movie. Uh, first of all, it opens with like a billion newspaper headlines. Like that is the big that that is their opening crawl is a bunch of newspaper articles about Grindelwald. Like where is Grindelwald? Who is Grindelwald? Grindelwald did a thing, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it, it's did very you, dramatic. Did you catch what he did? Like, uh, I, I know it it's says, all about Grindelwald, but is is he is he a murderer? Is he a uh, I think it just says government like, official? Like, what what's his deal? It just says like Grindelwald attacks again or something like that. I think, and it shows okay. like a burning shows like a burning building. So he's uh, like a terrorist. Yeah, as far as I think that's what we're supposed to gather from this. The newspaper motif is something that it hits you with right up front. There is a scene that we will get to later that we really need to dig into that also hits the newspaper thing hard. And then this this motif disappears completely. Um, So that that's a weird way to open this movie, I think, because then we got right to cheerful uh, Ellis Island, New York, and Newt Scamander is on a on a ship coming in. Uh, and he's in customs uh, trying to get into Muggle New York. Um, and I like this intro, actually. Like, like I like this scene of him with the customs official. It's cute. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And um, like some some of this stuff is cute. I think I think Newt is cute. Like he he is a cute character. So and you start yeah. to see that in this kind of opening introduction to his his character scene. I think Eddie Redmayne does a really good job in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I I like the way he plays Newt's commander. Uh, um, it's it's a shame how weirdly little he gets to do in the movie. It's it's very strange how he is the main character, but the movie is almost like fighting to find ways to not be about him. And it's very weird whenever it does that. And, and like it undermines him in several scenes, I think like, like takes a lot of weird liberties with what you assume his character is, or just kind of ignores him as a character. And he kind of just becomes his own comic relief, which is double weird because we also get a comic relief character. And so it it kind of becomes a mess pretty quickly yeah yeah um do you think that i guess before we start digging into the nitty-gritty of it could we just go through the movie and talk about just what happens like start to finish what yeah so it's like before before we go in deep shall i just like try and go through my list here of what happens yeah yeah because uh, otherwise I just will not be able to keep this these plot threads like together <laughs> okay. as we go moment to moment. So I'm I will I'm gonna read my list that I that I wrote here for my because I also have this problem. This movie kind of went in one ear and out the other in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. So there's the newspaper intro. Uh. Then we see him on the boat in customs, and then he's going to the bank, and we see the second Salemers for the first time. Mm-hmm. In the bank, he meets a Muggle named jacob who is there to apply for a loan to open a bakery he has a similar suitcase uh and some shenanigans ensue uh newt's case then what's it like the niffler climbs out or whatever because he smells the money (laughs) yeah um and they uh they swap cases on accident after some Uh some shenanigans in the bank and so like i think that's a cute setup like 
Like there's your your mistaken identity movie. They have to go around and collect all the creatures together and learn to work together as a muggle and wizard. I feel like there's your movie. But no, that's not what happens. (laughs) Um, Then we meet Tina, who is an awful cop. Um, And she (laughs) tries to arrest Newt. But then they're like walking around New York and we get some exposition. She takes them to the president. She takes them to the president for so. <laughs> yeah, like, like, well, that's like, what happens. Yeah, like I like I, that sounds like a joke, but it's not. She she drags him. She says he's un, he's under arrest. She takes him to Mac USA or Macusa, which I, Macusa. I hate. Macusa. They it's Mac USA. Come on, um, <laughs> uh, which is like like horror Hogwarts is the way yeah, that it presents it. Yeah, I I think that it was referenced somewhere, maybe by my by J.K. Rowling saying that that Makuza is the Ministry of Magic for America, but it sure just reads as like the FBI building, but the president is also there. It, yeah, yeah, it's very like the entire the entirety of the government is in one building. Um, <laughs> uh, so she takes uh, Newt to the president and tries to arrest him because she's an awful little snitch, and then the president says um hey you're not a cop anymore go back to your desk job uh and so for some reason newt decides to like be sympathetic towards this person i i don't know why that happens um but she takes him to her apartment where we meet her incredibly weird sister who is a it's legilimens right i can't i'm not getting that backwards yes yeah okay yeah, she's, she's a legitimate she can read minds oh sorry they they also pick up jacob on the way because he's involved um yeah so him and jacob are at tina and queenie's apartment uh queenie makes them dinner and they're like well this is unusual but we'll just have to memory charm this muggle when this is all over uh and then newt shows I'm already losing this and I have this written down. Newt shows <laughs> Jacob his suitcase is actually like the TARDIS, but for animals. Um, yep. uh, he This is the best scene of the movie. He just walks around and shows him a bunch of cool animals. Uh, but one animal is very spooky. It's the Obscurus. Um, and he says, don't touch that. Um, it so looks like account- an evil jellyfish. Yeah, it's a, like an evil orb that jiggles. It's got like a black ghost inside it. It's very spooky looking um so they kind of like inventory which animals are missing and he's like okay it's like three three of them are missing it's the niffler it's the rhino thing and it's the like dragon snake things Mm -hmm. um so there jacob jacob is convinced by newt that he should help him find these last two creatures that are missing uh i guess the core conflict there is that newt is like hey these people are gonna wipe your memories if you don't follow me and escape so um they do that they they sneak out uh and then tina is chasing them um yep okay so i'm already kind of losing it now we're in so now we're in uh we've got the second salemers who are the anti-magic cult that lives in a little puritan church uh like in an alleyway it's very strange 
Um, yeah, I, a, I thought that I had like tuned into a different movie when this like scene change happened because it, yeah. it is this the one where it starts and the camera like pans up and it's the like little girl doing the yes. spooky song. So okay. there's a little girl. We'll, we'll talk about the little girl and her, her little song and dance so that we, we meet them. We see that um, the uh, the wizard detective Graves has like visited a crime scene where a building has exploded um and then he's talking to the second sailor's thing so we were like oh he must think that wizards are up to it and he's talking to the 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 boy who has a horrible bowl cut um uh and he he's like we're not you you don't you don't really know what's going on but like they're working together on something he's the detective who's investigating the these these big explosions that are happening all over the city that we Mm -hmm. also think are supposed to be tied into uh newt's animals being missing like that's kind of the 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 conceit i guess um but they so the second salemers they have their anti-magic people and they visit john voight <laughs> in a building in a scene w- okay i have to not editorialize they visit they visit shaw who is a a newspaper tycoon uh whose son is a senator and they're like, hey, can you get the word out that these attacks in the city, these exploding buildings, it's it's magic. And they don't believe her and they call her son a freak and they tell her to leave. Um, there is a extended sequence where Newt and Jacob capture two of the missing creatures. They get the Niffler and they get the rhino. Uh, then Tina, after they get the rhino, Tina finds them. She locks them in the suitcase and takes them to the cops again takes them takes to the president to the president again again but the president is really mad at her again because this time the creature that's missing has killed someone uh it's it's shaw the uh, senator guy that we just saw one scene ago um there there uh so then graves is like well this is an open and shut case uh let's sentence them to death um and then they are sent to the most insane sequence I've ever seen in a film. Uh, they are sent to like this weird white walled room that is full of like pensive liquid where they're going to kill them. Uh, so they like suck out all their memories and then they then they're going to kill them in this like electric chair looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they manage to escape. Uh, and for some reason, Newt is still cool with keeping Tina around uh the antina's like i know who can help us solve this mystery uh there's a speakeasy that i know they go to a speakeasy (laughs) there's a goblin there who uh has information he says um and and he's like i'll trade you for the information what are you gonna give me and he wants the bow truckle that newt's commander has and newt's commander's like well fine i'll give you my bow truckle um, but when he gives him the bow truckle, it turns out that he was double crossed and that the guy who runs the speakeasy called the cops. <laughs> so the cops show up, the real cops who have jobs and aren't like Tina who do it for fun. Um, then there we go back to the second Salemers and the Obscurus attacks again. And we think it's the little girl. Uh, but then Graves is is there and he's like, boy with bowl cut you gotta tell me who where the obscurus is and um when he takes him to the little girl he thinks oh the little girl's the obscurus and then he like calls 
uh, the little boy a, a beta bitch and a, and a, and a virgin. <laughs> I don't need you anymore. You suck. And that makes the, the kid mad. And he's the Obscurus. And then there's a CGI fight that lasts for two hours while this big cloud that the boy turned into <laughs> rips through the city. Billions of cops are shooting at it, but they can't they can't stop it. It's smashing through every building. It's like 5911s happening at once. My speakers were rattling. Um, it's endless. And then Newt talks to it and gets it to stop. And then just as he's about to to like save the kid, uh, the 50 million cops show up again and they all shoot Credence at once and he explodes. And Graves is like, fuck you. Why did you do that? Oh, my God. Uh, and then it <laughs> turns out he's Grindelwald. Uh, and we're supposed to think that that matters for some reason. Um, it's because of the starting... newspapers at the beginning. Right. The, right. Yes. The newspapers four <laughs> hours ago uh, said Grindelwald. Uh, and then the president is there and she's like, God damn it. We have to memory charm all these people. That's going to take forever. And Newt Scamander is like. Oh, hang on. I should go back. So the reason Newt Scamander is in America is because he wants to release Frank, who is a big, cool bird who belongs in Arizona. Um, but he's like, I know who can solve this problem. It's my bird. Uh, and he opens the case and Frank comes out and he's like, you know what you have to do, Frank. And he gives him the vial of memory wiping juice and Frank flies into the sky. And luckily it's raining and he puts the juice in the rain cloud and it rains and all of the muggles uh, get memory charmed. And also Jacob, they have to memory charm Jacob, even though he's great, cool and good. Um, so Queenie kisses him. He steps out into the rain um, and you think the movie's over, but just kidding. There's five more endings to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, then there's a whole sequence where Newt is getting on a boat and Tina's like, don't go on the boat. Newt, I love you. And he's like, well, that's too bad. Um, and then they also have a sequence where they help now memory wiped Jacob get a bunch of money to make the bakery he wants. And then we see him with the bakery and then Queenie walks into the bakery and he touches a thing on his neck where he got bit by a creature and remembers. And that's the actual end of the movie. You following this? I've already forgotten what I said at the beginning of this. This, is, this movie is so much at once. Yeah. Yeah. How, how long was this movie? Two and a half hours. Actually, not even. I think it's OK. No, I have the thing right here. It is it is almost exactly two hours, which is impressive because it feels like five there's so well, yeah, much in they, this movie they fit that that three hour city destroying cgi fuck fest scene uh, <laughs> and the end there so uh, it kind of feels a little bit like the magical suitcase where you walk in and there's way more more in there because it's like <laughs> it's like how it's like how did they how did they fit a three hour city destroying scene in this two hour movie <laughs> yeah this movie is too much too much happens in this movie it's like three movies competing at once basically um and i guess what we need to do is to we need to dig deep and and parse what those movies are so we already discussed jake or um newt arriving in new york right mm -hmm. yeah so he gets yeah. to the he gets to the bank and he's like i'm in new york because i want to release this bird that belongs in arizona so i'm in new york which is close to arizona um 
Couldn't he have apparated there? I think you might have to have been somewhere. And I think, or have a very good idea of it. I'm sorry that I'm giving you a real answer to this. Um, <laughs> and it's also, it's also apparently like very difficult to do over long, long distances. Okay. Like over okay, an fair ocean. Enough. All right. Um, but he's going to the, he's going to the bank. Um, and uh we meet the second salemers protesters there so and we do see tina because tina's standing she's eating a hot dog there's there's also just like there because there's no way to talk about every detail that's in in this movie because it doesn't matter at all tina's watching them because the reason she was demoted from being a cop was because she was pursuing the leader of the cult for child abuse yes and and got in trouble because it's like a muggle issue or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Newt bumps into her like on the way into the bank. Um mm-hmm. but the we meet the second Salemers here. So first of all, the name Second Salemers is so fucking funny. Like like that's the the bet that's like note card. Like that that's a name that you come up with when you need to come up with a name later, you know, and you just want to like get your thoughts out, like yeah, that's a first brainstorm kind of. Well, the first thing you think of in a brainstorm and then in the storm ends and that's what you're left with. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite good. And the acting from these characters is phenomenally atrocious. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up and the actress who plays the leader of the cult is actually a like pretty renowned British actress. She's won some like a lot of awards. She's been in some really prestigious stuff. My theory now is it is a combination of JK as a British writer trying to write old timey New York dialogue and also an actress trying to do an American accent over it. It's like the way that she talks in this movie is not a way that a human being has ever talked ever. Uh, (laughs) Not even in the 20s. No, when Newt walks up, her her reaction is, excuse me, are you a seeker? A seeker for truth? Um, Which feels like, it feels like dialogue written by one of those, like, I fed a bot 50 uh, novels and it wrote a a new one for me thing. Like, her grammar structure is so fucking bizarre in this movie. And then... So you mentioned when I was talking about this yesterday, when we were getting our like thoughts together, that you thought this was a Quidditch joke. And yeah, the, the line is delivered in such a bizarre way that I was like, is this an is this a nod to the like, I know what a seeker is. That's Harry Potter. Like, does so, Harry Potter fly by in the distance? Yeah. Did I so miss him? I, when we were first talking about this, I disagreed. I was like, this is just an unfortunate thing where, like, it's a generic word that's being reused again and it's confusing. But I think you are actually right because I forgot that Newt's response is, oh, actually, I'm more of a chaser. Um, so I think he was making a Quidditch joke. Oh, yeah, because I, I forgot about that because I was stuck on just the weird delivery of the seeker line. But but I guess that makes sense in that it's the weirdest, most impossible way to set up Newt to have a joke response, right? Like it is yeah. the most insane, like, oh, I hope someone says something to me like that so I can have well, a it, joke it's like It's response. like a, re- it's a reverse one-liner where the focus is on the prompt. Like, because <laughs> her delivery is so strange. I was still chewing that one over when he told the joke 
uh and so that was definitely weird um so then we get the scene where we meet jacob in the in the bank i love jacob i think he's the best character yeah. in this movie i agree i i he is so funny the actor is great um he he nails the like old timey 20s dialogue thing he's such uh-huh. a cartoon in this i love it um that sequence where where they both sit down on the bench with the suitcases uh is like i think i think this like small piece of dialogue is maybe the best actual scene in the movie because there's the tension of like you know they're gonna swap suitcases right like as soon as you see that they both have them uh-huh. and they're sitting there with the suitcases next to each other and jacob's like hey hey mister what are you here for and and newt's like oh i'm here the same reason as you and he's like oh to get a loan to open a bakery like oh shit like (laughs) it's um, very cute it's a very cute scene they really put the best scene in the movie right here at the beginning (laughs) they really did and then the niffler gets out and is like snuffling around getting money it's very cute i love the niffler i think he's the second best character in the movie yeah, he's um, a fantastic beast for sure. That is a fantastic beast. What a fantastic beast the Niffler is. Um, <laughs> so, I what is it? The, the the Newt's case is like half open because the latch is a little broken. So the Niffler gets out. He runs off to get the Niffler, but he, like one of those silver eggs drops out too, right? And like yes. Jacob's chasing him, like like Hey, Mister, you you lost your, your egg, egg is hatching. Your egg's hatching. That's another good scene because um, he's chasing the Niffler. They go down to the vault. The the bank guards think that they're uh, stealing the the money. Uh, there's a very cute scene. I like like this whole sequence is great. I I love the part where he just uses Alohomora on the bank door to like open the vault. <laughs> like that's a that's a good direct joke about the like alohomora criticism that people always have you know like, mm-hmm. like that's a very powerful spell. I, I i liked that sequence the guard is very cartoony he's like he's like kalowski get out of there it's it, this is all great <laughs> this this tricks you into thinking the movie is going to be like a cute heist buddy movie or something yeah well, we've talked about how there are a few different movies in this movie, and, <laughs> yeah, one, so and one of them is definitely like a heist buddy movie, and that's probably yeah. the best movie that's in here. I think that's the movie I wanted it to be, because this it starts real strong. I, I like this intro a lot. Mm-hmm. So then they escape. Kalowski is like completely shell-shocked, uh, and then they bump into each other on the way out and he takes the wrong suitcase so his suitcase (laughs) had like baked goods in it and and newts has all the animals then tina like apparates in and grabs newt and is like i saw the hell are you who the hell are you i'm a cop i'm from i'm from makuza where's your wand license where's your creature license i'm taking you in um so then she does that uh she she takes him to wizard cop hell okay i have to talk about this scene because yep. as we all know in all of the harry potter films every time harry goes to hogwarts especially the first few times there's a scene that plays as he walks into the great hall and it's it's there for the audience right and and it's there for harry in the beginnings obviously he's seeing it all 
for the first time. And the purpose of this scene is because it pans over the Great Hall and it features all of the magic and it communicates and it to the audience. Just does that every time. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, wow, this is an amazing place. It's so magical. It's so wonderful. This movie has that same scene, right? Like this is this is a Harry Potter movie scene, but instead of it being Hogwarts, which is a fantastic magical school, it's like an it's a magical FBI building and it pans over the like terrorism alert <laughs> clock yeah, and like pans fucking... past yeah, and like some house elves. House it's like, elves oh, look at these cops. But it's playing like a jazzy version of the. It's like, and it's like showing you like here's the terrorism threat clock. Here's the here's the weird numbered list of all the witches and wizards that are known to be in the area. Here's a house elf giving a guy a shoe shine. That's not loaded at all. Um, there's a goblin running the elevator. It's it's a lot. There's there's yeah. a lot going on here. And and also Newt is doing I mean, it is the same scene because Newt is doing the like looking around because he's so amazed. The ceiling is charmed to be the same way the Great Hall is, where it's charmed to look like the sky, so you see like the clouds on the ceiling. But it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't mean anything because Newt is a is a he's been a wizard his whole damn life he's a grown-ass wizard he's a a grown-ass wizard up until this point we've been seeing him do all this crazy wizard stuff he has a suitcase full of like crazy wizard animals um i guess i know from the book that i mean he's not muggle born magic was never new to him he was born and raised with it so it is so bizarre that this movie uses the like harry potter like movie language to communicate nothing other than hey this is a harry potter movie yeah here's here's the cops yes it's it's for nobody except the audience unless that we're supposed to believe that like newt just has a deep-seated respect for authority like that's his (laughs) like wow i can't believe the terrorism clock is so big like yeah it's it's a very odd sequence so strange it's doubly strange that they then get in an elevator and are able to just go to the president. Yeah. No one checks uh, her badge, like, because I guess she's not a cop anymore, right? Like, like, she's yeah, a desk it, worker now. And at this point in the story, um, Newt has not risen to, like, prominence. It the Unless I'm confused... There's not like they aren't linking him to the destruction that's happening in the city that everyone's worried about. Like he's getting taken in on like paperwork problems. Like he got caught without a a passport. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't have a wand permit. You didn't go through wizard customs is is what we're because what because what what the president is doing right now is she's talking to Graves, who is like president. I heard another building exploded. Like that's where he's at right now. And, and she's going, I don't care. I'm the president. Um, and, and Tina, you've got to go back to your desk job. And so she does. <laughs> um, and Tina is just so bummed out that like doing extra ju- judicial arrests didn't impress the president enough to get her job back. Um, then, then we, so yeah, we find out that she's working in the like mail room or whatever it is um and that like 
guy there's 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 a guy who i feel like was supposed to be like a love interest for her or something who got cut out of the movie more because there's like the the really short guy who comes over and is like badgering uh a newt about something i completely oh, forgot yeah. what the fuck was going on in this scene um so, like there's like all these jokes about how much like visual gags about how tall much taller newt is compared to him and stuff that just like makes me think there was a subplot here that got removed or something yes um then they go and scoop up jacob again and they go to the apartment or, or is that what ha- oh no graves graves goes and looks at the exploded house and the guy is like it was a ghost uh and, and graves is like <laughs> No, it wasn't. But then he like looks to the side and the cam lighting changes. And he's like, but actually, um, so like <laughs> Graves is on the lookout for whatever it is that's busting open these buildings. Uh, Tina takes Newt and Jacob, who just saw another house explode. They're in that crowd, right? Um, they take them to her apartment there's a really there's there's the the one other gag that I really like near the beginning of this movie where the landlady is like like Tina did you bring men home and she's like I'm always alone or whatever <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that that was a cute line um uh but then we meet Queenie who is maybe the most baffling character in this movie I do not understand Queenie's character at all I I was confused throughout this whole movie and I was convinced there was going to be something more to it like it, there was going to be some kind of explanation about what her deal was, and there just never is. Um, I, I guess I, the first time I saw this in theaters, I thought the twist was going to be that she was Avila. <laughs> I guess the true like magical explanation is that she's a Legilimens, right? Um, yeah, but well, I mean, let's let's talk about what her deal is. She's introduced as like she's like getting dressed. She's 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 horned up, and Tina's yep. home and and uh so but so you get the scene where she's like putting on a, a nighty or whatever and then she starts talking and you can't tell whether she's supposed to be like sexy or whether she's a child like or like has the brain of a cat or something yeah it's so her behavior is so fucking weird i yeah. don't i don't quite get and he talks in his little baby voice all the time y'all gee teeny you brought men home like she's she is the fucking um hello mr obama like <laughs> like i I'm wish stuck. she was I, i'm scared <laughs> it's it is so bizarre and again like I'm going to point out a way that it does not work for me because the the premise of this is that she's a legilimens and she reads minds. And this is uh, the big scene that like is in all of, it's like clipped everywhere for like, I don't know if it's in trailers, but as far as all the like extra features and stuff, it's when she first meets Jacob and Jacob, you know, is, is, you know, everything is so marvelous. There's all this magic and stuff. And and she like says something to him about what he's thinking. She says, Oh, I'm a mind reader. And he's like, uh Oh, and she says, don't worry. That's what all men think when they see me for the first time. Yeah. It's such an obvious fucking joke too. Like I'm not against this character as like a concept, but the way that it's written is in this, like it hits every fucking 
obvious joke that you would like like similar to the the way that the bad guys are called second salemers these are all like first draft jokes right like we're gonna hit the she's a mind reader so she knows people are horny when they when they walk in uh there's the i'm not flirting joke because no but no one said it but she's just talking out loud at some at a thought she heard like it's just all so obvious and basic um here's gonna be my my dumb harry potter problem with this we have met three mind readers in harry potter before they are dumbledore snape and Voldemort. none of them (laughs) seem to have this weird problem where they just can't stop (laughs) imagine if this is how all those characters behaved and how much better uh the later books would be imagine if this is what snape's like oh hello oh gee (laughs) we're gonna do some potions today quass so i don't and and there are parts i think there's one scene where newt like way later says please don't read my mind and she's like oh sorry what if why why is she just reading everyone's mind constantly and i was sure that it was gonna like come up it was gonna be like a plot point where it's like you know she has some kind of like disorder where she just can't stop or she you know got a wizard disease and her mind is always open or or like something but it's one not a plot point and two just not explained at all well there is one part where it comes up in the plot but it didn't it still doesn't explain why she behaves the way she does and also like normally when you have a character like this you're playing with you're you're playing with audience expectations right like like you have the kind of ditzy the the ditzy sexy character but also she can blank you know like that's usually how these stories go but like that's that's also fairly like basic 101 level screenwriting but i would have taken it over this which is she is ditzy and sexy period like like there's no there's no payoff later where it's like but also like don't underestimate her because she can do blank no she's just that the entire movie yeah i think she she ends up getting one thing to do which is when she rescues newt and 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 tina from being uh executed by being horny and sexy like yes like like that's her one fucking move this entire movie yeah yeah i mean like so like backing up to the the scene we are in it it, you know that you walk in and it's like oh it's tina's horny sister and and that's all she is for for the whole the whole damn movie yeah Uh, yeah it never goes anywhere and also just like not not good doesn't really even nail being the sexy one it's very it's more creepy to me her behavior is so borderline childlike that it's uncomfortable like the way she talks the way she acts around people um she never drops that act at any point like it's not like she's like a flapper who's like putting on this persona because it's the times you know it's like that seems to be her actual deal and also like i (sighs) I, I just I is this what J.K. Rowling thinks is sexy? Like is that the is is uh, that is this it? I hope not. 
Yeah, it's no, very... I, I, I am not, not a fan. And, and like, I guess, I guess you saying that makes me want to be clear. I have no problem with like a, a horny sister character. That is no. not a problem with me or like a sexy character, but it is that it is that this, there's this weird, like she's very childlike. Like that is, that is her character. She has very little agency it seems. And it's just kind of doesn't seem very with it i guess in a way yeah. that i find a little bit disturbing the way the way the movie is set up is that tina is very like mousy and bossy right and mm-hmm. and her sister and like you I, the first time i saw this movie and we got to the apartment scene i was like oh okay i know what these characters are going to be we're going to have like tina resents her like outgoing hot sister right and and there's going to be some tension between them and tina is going to be like is that all you think i am you know like like am i allowed to have a fucking personality i do other things like like i thought that was going to be the conflict right and that seems fairly obvious like was that where you thought things were going to go because that seems fairly obvious to me that that's where this could i thought it was going to go somewhere yeah like like they were going to like or or the other way is that is is it going to be the more the the thing that i mentioned previously where it's like the kind of basic like oh you think she's the sexy stereotype but really she blank and that didn't pop up either she just is this it doesn't go either direction i think any of that has nothing to do with her character um i wouldn't say that this is like very explicit but i think that if anything it serves jacob's character um because it's like oh you wouldn't expect jacob to get with the sexy sister yeah it's kind of yeah. more the vibe i got yeah which... that's that mm. it's 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 weird i i i think it's weird because like i i i it's allison sudol and i i think that like it's good casting and i think she has good individual moments in this but like as broadly as a character queenie is just weird and uncomfortable and i do not like her yeah she should stop reading people's minds all the time also stop reading people's minds and and talking in the hello voice it's a little (laughs) it's a little much yeah um so so queenie makes them dinner she makes them a giant magic strudel um and so then they argue at the table about like wiping jacob's memory and what to do about the missing creatures um tina is clearly like broadly jealous of of like i guess them liking queenie or whatever like like she seems pissed off she like makes them cocoa but like angrily dumps it on their trays there's a very (laughs) awkward shot of them like sitting of like jacob and newt sitting in separate beds in this tiny 1920s new york bedroom like tina walks in to like like she's their mom and gives them hot cocoa and like Newt is sulking and won't take it. And like, it's very, <laughs> very strange. Um, uh, but then he opens the suitcase and, and, and as soon as Tina's out of sight, he, he gets Jacob to come with him down to the suitcase so they can take inventory on what creatures are missing. This is the best scene of the movie. This is like okay. one great scene. I must cut you off and say that we didn't get this great scene without a good, good fat joke that J.K. Uh, Rowling loves so much. That's true. Yeah. So Newt steps into the suitcase like it's a staircase and he goes down fine. 
Uh, but Jacob, that old fat fuck, he tries to get in and gets stuck and has to jump around and gets has to get pulled through like he's like he's Porky Pig in in a cartoon. Uh, yeah, it's very so. Funny. I I this is a this is a J.K. Rowling theme. This I probably wouldn't have even even you know given it a second thought, but this is a a thing that just keeps coming up over and over again with her. So <laughs> J.K. Rowling hates animals, fat people. Like that's her. She's not a fan. Yeah. Um, so but yes then we get the best scene in the movie which um there are a lot of fantastic beasts in this suitcase oh so many fantastic beasts so he he the first thing they do is is they get that weird bug the swooping evil it's like a bug bird the swooping evil and they he extracts the venom to make jacob a a antidote for the bite that he has on his neck oh that's okay because when tina and him pick jacob up the whore clump or whatever bites him on the neck. Um, Mertlap. Mertlap. Um, also, also the swooping evil. This is where Newt drops the clue because this is going to be the memory juice. Cause he's like, I think this also could have, have memory altering properties. Yes. Um, so he's developing some stuff, but then we step out into the, into the wide world of the suitcase. And we first, we meet Frank, who is the giant bird that he wants to release in Arizona. I love Frank. Uh, he is a big golden Eagle with like four wings and 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 golden feathers he rocks i love frank um we meet the there's like some things that look like okay the one creature that i am not wild about is there's those weird like cattle looking things that look like something out of mass effect <laughs> they've got like the droopy faces and like they look more like aliens than like a like a magic thing to me um yeah but then there's the bow truckles and they're the little like stick stick insect guys and newt is trying to rehabilitate one but they but he has separation anxiety or whatever and he won't leave his jacket um and that's very cute uh that'll come up later in a much less cute scene um then there's the those weird llamas that have just have like those giant eyeballs those are cool. oh, i love those guys they're so good they're like the moon hounds or something i think they're called i don't, I don't know they're adorable they have tiny little mouths they have big eyes and they they make a weird booping sound they're very good um <laughs> there's the little i can't remember what they're called the the like quetzalcoatl looking like like snake birds that coil up and fill available space mm -hmm. um one of those is missing that's that's one of the creatures they're gonna have to go get then there's a big rhino creature that's missing that they're gonna have to go get one of the nifflers is missing and that's everything um and then Jacob is like wandering around. And he sees an orb and he starts walking towards the spooky orb. Um, and the spooky orb is not to be trifled with. It is an Obscurus, which is now. Do you remember exactly what the Obscurus is? It's it's the soul, corrupted soul of a wizard that has been abused or whatever. I thought, I thought it was a little bit mysterious. Like they weren't quite sure. Cause I think Newt was just like studying it. Right. And, and like trying yeah. to figure it out. But I guess like if a wizard or witch is, um, has their magic suppressed and, and by that, that means that they're, they're being abused and unable to reach their full potential. They turn into an obscurus, but also the like, 
this one has been separated. I guess it's like an, it was an eight-year-old girl and the Obscurus had come out, but the girl died, but the Obscurus is still there. And that's why it's kind of harmless and Newt can keep it or it wasn't very powerful. I'm not really clear. Uh, like, I guess it, it is just like magic child abused. They make a giant evil orb monster. So why didn't Harry become one? That is a good question. Um, so that's definitely weird, but so, okay. So the spooky orb, um, we cut from the spooky orb to the most bonkers part of the movie. This is when the second Salemers go to visit John Voight in his big tower. I do not understand. I've watched this movie on it. I've watched this movie twice now. I've watched this scene about six times now trying to figure out what the fuck the point of it is. It feels like it was left over from a different movie and they didn't want to cut it because the John Voight was in it so they could put him on the poster or whatever. Yeah, this movie. So we talked about the like uh, buddy caper movie that's in this movie. This is the what I think is like the 2002 horror movie where all the scary parts were cut out. Right. Yeah. Or but but also so not only that, the 2002 horror movie is where the second Salemers are from. But then there's this like Shaw newspaper slash local government conspiracy story, which only exists for two scenes. And it feels like JK really wanted to get a part of Citizen Kane in here for no reason. (laughs) So what happens is the 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 second Salem lady and the spooky kids walk into this office. It's like a newspaper building. Um, and they're being given a tour by one of the Shaw brothers. Uh, and he's super excited and he, he busts open his dad's office door. He's in the middle of a meeting. He's like, father, you gotta hear what this lady's saying. She's got a big scoop for you. Um, and he's John Voight, and he's this is John Voight at his fucking laziest. Like he is just sitting in this fucking chair. He's not moving. He just goes, oh, I have time for this. Like it's 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 he's not acting. <laughs> he is just reading. Someone is probably holding his lines up on a card off camera. He is he is not fucking present here. Um and and the but the kid is like ah we gotta we gotta listen to this lady she's got a, a wild story for you about about all the the buildings exploding in the city and and the john voight is like not now motherfucker i'm talking to your to your brother who is the senator um and then it like shows the brother for one shot but then the lady just does her spiel and she's like uh we we don't want money or or anything we want your influence uh the people okay here's the line that that is is most baffling and feels like they just needed to get another take on the people must be made aware for this magic monster or whatever and she but she says like made aware for not aware of (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's so weird it made me think that the twist was going to be that she was possessed or something because the way she talks is not human it, it's very weird so then the newspaper guy is like no i don't care i'm i'm still busy with my son who is the senator by the way uh get out of here freaks and so they do the senator guy who is the brother of the 
Shaw brother who brought the second Salemers in pulls the kid with the bowl cut aside and, and like extra calls him a freak. Um, <laughs> and then they leave. None of these things ever come up again. Um, because like there's a gag later in the scene where the senator guy dies that implies that there had to have been some like bigger subplot with the newspaper like that the newspaper is propping up the government and they're all corrupt or something but that isn't the plot of this movie at all this never comes up again no i i would say that the only thing that the only thing that happens here that serves the plot is so small and it's it's the bowl cut kid getting called a freak because later we see him with graves and he's like i'm not a freak am i um so yeah. he's really hurt by that so i'm kind of uh inclined to think that this scene not even the whole scene but just that interaction with the bowl cut boy was supposed to be there because it's supposed to give us like a wider context of him being like uh rejected from society because other than him being uh, like abused by the cult leader lady, this is the only other time where he's kind of like told that he doesn't belong, which is ostensibly the whole point of the Obscurus thing, uh-huh. yeah. I-, I guess. Um, so this almost feels like it's there to make that more than just like an individual case of like child abuse kind of it's like he's he's rejected by the whole world and not just but it but it doesn't it doesn't work right because it's absolutely meaningless it's like an unnamed person being like hey freak it's like i get like i guess that's like pretty rude um because then so then the next scene like like there's like three scenes back to back of the horror movie basically that you that you said like this is the second movie in here so they go to the newspaper john voight is there for some reason and we get a whole bunch of setup that doesn't matter about his son being the senator like pretty much immediately after that we go to like a fundraiser for the senator where john voight is also there and then the obscurus attacks and kills the senator so like it's it's direct almost in between we do get the red herring with the little girl dancing on my mama your mama (laughs) doing something stupid uh we don't like witches it's it's i (laughs) like the more i think about this the more i i realize how much more reasonable your reaction to the quote-unquote twist in this movie was to mine because the movie wants you to think that the little girl is the obscurus but it's so Uh obviously the bull cut kid and I completely forgot that, like, it basically, more or less, I think there's, like, a short scene of Newt and Jacob, like, walking around New York in between. But, like, it pretty much immediately cuts from the, uh, have a good one, freak scene to <laughs> the to the kid killing the, the Obscurus killing the senator. So it's pretty fucking obvious in retrospect that, that like, he is the, he is the one doing it. Yeah. I mean, you don't just give a kid a bull cut like that in a movie for no reason. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, 
Okay, so the senator's dead. He dies in a very funny fashion that is supposed to be horrifying and violent, but it really just looks like a ragdoll glitching out in a video game. <laughs> like he just pops up into the sky and then slams down and his bones are all in the wrong place. But it's a like PG thirteen movie, so there's all these like ripping and tearing sounds, but then you look at him and he's just like it just kind of looks like his face got a little burnt or something. It's so hard. I I think this is such a weird scene and i think maybe is really i i just this seems like such a a violation of like very basic writing rules like we we don't care about this character we don't know who he is we're never like it doesn't need to be here and then he gets like violently murdered on screen like we care to what effect i just don't i don't i I was honestly just kind of confused by this. It whole doesn't, thing. it I'm doesn't like, who go are either these way. It's like, if this, it, like, if this is the campy horror movie, we want to see him die in a violent way because it's fun, right? Like it's not, yeah. it's, it's like the, it's like a slasher movie where the, where the shitty teens die in a really funny way. Right. It's not, but it doesn't do that. Like we don't hate him enough for that to work. No. On the flip side, we also don't like this character at all. All he has done is sit in a chair and then stand up and call Bulkit Kid a freak. That's it. Like, we we don't have a reason to be invested in this very extended murder sequence either direction, really. Yeah. Like it, it just it just doesn't work at all, and I don't know why it's in the movie. Well, the so we we do know why it's in the movie, and it's because we'll get to, we'll get to it in, in a few. It needs to be in there in some capacity because it needs to be an excuse for newt to get sent to the death room um but we've got we've got some some stuff in between we're back to the good stuff where we 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 have the niffler uh niffler time the niffler is the best character in this movie he's so good they're walking past the jewelry store looking for creatures and then newt realizes that the, the jewelry store has a has a niffler in the window he's like posing to like look like a like a jewelry stand it's very good um (laughs) and then they accidentally break the window trying to get the niffler out and the cops come and then there's a lion that walks by that saves him from the cops which is wait i just i i do not remember that even a little bit okay so so they get the niffler but they've caused a huge ruckus they're covered in jewelry it looks like they tried to rob the store some like muggle cops show up and like have their guns drawn on them or like you know drop your drop your suitcase and and come with us but then like a normal ass lion walks by and there's the what's jacob's really dumb one-liner that didn't need to be here he's like i don't know i think i passed uh out during this part oh oh yeah no i do remember his line i mean i don't remember what he said but i remember him having a terrible terrible one-liner because like like the image of them covered in jewelry with their hands up is really funny and like there does not need to be a joke here but there there is one oh he points and he says he went that way or like they went that way or something like that yeah yeah Mm. i i have a problem with this scene that i would like to talk about Yes. And I kind of hinted on about it earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And it is about the world of Harry Potter and the core conflict of this story and also the like historical time period that this supposedly is yeah. uh, for the Harry Potter world, right? So yep. the core conflict of this story involves this, this cult of 
wizard haters, uh, like religious wizard haters that want to stamp out out wizards and um, and kill them and, and blame them for society's ills. Yes. Um, also, a huge core conflict is Makuza taking wizard wizards needing to be hidden from the Muggle world extremely seriously because they will be killed if if they're revealed. Um, mm-hmm. This whole movie, at every moment, undermines this as serious stakes because this is the second time in this movie that we have had like a serious like muggle authority responding to very obvious wizard activity and it's played off like a joke yes yeah um it in the like second or third scene um newt is caught breaking into the bank vault and it's it does it doesn't matter like like we see brushes with muggle society and what would be like serious situations i guess um in yeah. this scene they're caught with jewelry like comically hanging off of them mm-hmm. with like the glass of the jewelry store broken cops show up like you know the the level of police response to a jewelry store being broken into they have their guns drawn and it's a joke yeah well and it's 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 a doubly frustrating because it feels like a joke that could have worked if the movie had stuck to the more lighthearted caper thing right like yeah this is why it feels like multiple movies it's because it are 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 muggles seriously persecuting wizards or are they funny and clueless about it because every scene where we actually see them it's this it's the latter it's they're they're funny they're clueless they're incompetent they don't they are no match for magic. Uh, but also we're supposed to believe that like wizards are like under the thumb of muggles at this point. Right. So it just does not work. Yeah. I just can't take, I can't take this, this conflict seriously or, or really any of it when all evidence is to the contrary, that this is an actual problem, uh, especially considering like... that like the new Salemers are just a joke. Right, yeah, like, like what? It's like four are they... people in a church. Yeah. So this this that's this my movie problem. has this movie has a and this ties into this scene directly. I think this movie for a movie that is like set in 1920s New York has a terrible sense of place. Would you agree? Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. I like this scene. Like the 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 jewelry store scene is funny, but also it feels unfinished. Like they're walking around like roaring 20s new york city at night and there's fucking no one outside it's just yeah, them. it's completely empty i mean it's it yeah it's just a set i mean like it just i doesn't... think a car drives by at one point but it's it's nothing there's no one outside like it's really eerie in a weird way that i don't think it's supposed to be and it's like again it's like roaring 20s new york and they're trying to lean into that clearly like we're we're gonna go to a speakeasy and 10 hours later in the movie or whatever but like there's just no flavor to it really Mm -hmm. yeah no i i totally agree with that yeah um then they get a rhino um they they, the 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 reason the lion walked by is because the rhino busts through a bunch of the walls at the central park zoo so all the animals are running around and but the magical creature is a is a rhino that's big and shoots it's the blast horn scrump or whatever the fuck it's called uh uh yeah and it's looking like, to fuck 
and it wants to fuck and that we get a really weird scene of newt doing a mating dance to try and get it into the case but then it sees uh um jacob who is fat and wants to fuck him because he mm. looks like a rhino that's funny <laughs> um so then there's an extended chase sequence where a rhino tries to fuck jacob and that's good good one jk that's super <laughs> funny um, so funny and it and it's good also that this joke is like a 10 minute chase sequence it's I love so, that. It's too. so long. It's, it's so, so fucking long. Fucking long. Just um, imagine. Like, I actually don't have. I, I think the scene is a little bit awkward. The like Newt doing the mating dance at the rhino. But honestly, it kind of works for me because so far, that is his character, right? He's he's a little bit that, awkward. It is a it is a good performance from him for sure in that scene. Like, yeah, I I do like it, and it's like. He's awkward. He relates more with animals than people. There is a there is a huge rhino that is on the loose, and he he manages to communicate with it because he is compassionate and also like very educated in his field. So he knows he knows the rhino like mating dance. It could have just ended, right? He did the that dance. Just, if it, this scene would have been so much better if it just ended with the rhino rolling into the case after it that. Should, it should have just worked. Yeah. So I think I think that that like we have this extended like chase action sequence that just completely undermines the point of that whole scene. So instead, yeah. it's just like an awkward, weird Eddie Redmayne dance into action scene that I don't think serves the story at all. Yeah. 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 So then so like this, this all ends Jacob and Newt Bond over helping each other. Um and then they go back in the suitcase to like sort things out, I guess. And then Tina has been following the whole time and then locks the case and takes it like. Irredeemably evil, I think, uh, at this point. Like, Honestly, she she in the, we, we've talked about the separate movies that are in in this movie in the buddy caper movie. She's the villain, right? Y- yeah, but she's she and it, but it hasn't been like. If it was a good caper movie and she was like the uptight cop who just kept on getting foiled in comical ways, I would have liked it. But what she does here is lock them in the suitcase and then takes them back to the president again to get them arrested <laughs> again. Like she sucks. Tina She's sucks so, bad. so much. She's awful. Um, so then she takes them to the president again. But this time the president is double pissed off because she's in a like a wizard UN meeting uh and graves is there and because the that 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 senator died and his cgi body is floating around above them and it looks very funny um (laughs) so then graves immediately recognizes them or whatever and is like i'll take care of this and the president is like yep i don't need any oversight on this go for it gravy um and uh graves takes him to an interrogation room he Okay, one of the funniest shots in this movie is when Graves is like doing the bad cop routine with Newt <laughs> and he when it's revealed like the big reveal that he's like been through the case and knows that all the animals are in there is when he like reaches his hand off screen and he's like what about this? Uh and then he like slowly pulls the orb of the obscurus into frame 
it looks like a comedy <laughs> sketch it is so funny he like slowly moves this orb into frame and we're supposed to be like oh no but it just looks like a joke he's like can you explain orb to me newt scamander can you explain this evil jellyfish newt explain explain jellyfish please newt um <laughs> uh so the newt is distressed and he's like you know don't take my creatures i need my creatures his acting is really good honestly he's very distressing here like he's the only actor giving a fuck i think at this point like graves is just uh, colin farrell he's just kind of there to look handsome he's not like acting he's not stretching his muscles for sure um (laughs) uh so then they all three of them including tina get sentenced to death by graves uh no paperwork uh, what is it for exactly like so graves knows that it's an obscurus that's destroying the world or whatever Mm -hmm. um sentenced to death for having one um why is tina sentenced to death i I know that graves is like he's the villain right like he this he's, is an yeah, evil he's thing he's tracks, doing yeah but okay but why okay. is she yeah but yeah the question is why like what logical reason does he give it that like would like okay I, I get what you're asking what what you are asking is what reason does graves give that tina needs to be sentenced to death that doesn't make all the characters go excuse me what the fuck are you talking about right yeah like yeah kind of like, <laughs> like none of them are like uh can you cite what law i'm being sentenced to death for like i get like newt and jacob whatever like like newt has oh i remember what it is is she's been aiding she like didn't memory charm the muggle or whatever she like uh, aided the she's a clear like, death she's, sentence for sure yeah she's in danger the separation of of wizard and muggle i think that's what it is well, yeah, very stupid. But I broke think that's, the masquerade. That's what to go for. <laughs> oh God, I wish we could get a good vampire movie. Um, <laughs> so then they are taken to this room out of a fucking like Jodorowsky movie or something. It looks like something out of Holy Mountain or like some other weird horror movie. It's just this white walled room with a black pool and a single chair in the middle. There's the evil nurses there who are like holding them at one point and like telling them to get in the water and stuff. And like the mood here is so fucked. I don't understand who came up with, I mean, JK came up with this, but I don't know why or like who didn't tell her this was an insane idea. This is a little bit of a a Soylent Green death chamber kind of vibe. Like because the whole, the conceit, at least that I understood is that they take out your memories and put it in the liquid. Um, and so, and your memories lure you into the death pool, right? Yeah, Cause there like was that whole pensive. sequence. Yeah. So the whole sequence of like Tina seeing her like good memories or like deceitful memories that are pulling her, like making her want to get into the, the, the death liquid or whatever mm-hmm. yeah it's so that yeah it did, it did remind me of soil and green a little bit yeah in that way. That is, that's a good comparison it, 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 like it feels like something out of a like sci-fi horror movie for sure um yeah and and 
there's just the awkward shit with like the the one nurse yee 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 like just like uh bad optics i would say bad optics yeah it's like the one there's like the second like the there are two black characters in this movie and they are both evil uh and want to sentence people to death for no reason it's it's a little uh yikes i think especially because this is a movie about 1920s new york and everyone is white it's just like all white characters who are like the the oppressed wizard class or whatever it's a fucking mess it's the same problem that chamber of secrets had like like in making your weird racism metaphor you have excluded everyone who it applies to so wizards can be in it it's very jk this is yeah, like your second I, time doing this i guess we can talk about this more once we get to the speakeasy scene um yeah. i do want to take a moment to talk I, I like you probably heard my my very loud typing because i was look, <laughs> looking up the death chamber um because i remembered that in the behind the scenes on the wiki um the homage that is being paid to the chair that is lowering into the water uh and again, I don't know if this is true because sometimes the wiki just says things are true that aren't, and I haven't been able to find any like real reference. Um, but supposedly, it is a reference to, and don't laugh, a cucking stool uh, from the 17th century, which was used to punish disorderly women. <laughs> okay, so first of all, haha, funny name. Uh, uh-huh. Second, second of all, hang on a fucking second. The wizards who don't want to be Salem witch child built the fucking, they built one of those for their, like, did for none their of execution them, chamber. Yeah. Their, yeah. Like, is, is there supposed to be an irony there that they're not seeing or are they all stupid? Like what, what? Honestly, what? I just think, I think that this, this movie and we'll get into it. Cause it's mostly in like the second half of the movie is borrowing imagery with no, for yeah. no reason it's it's the hey things mean things <laughs> but right, yeah. uh in this case they don't um so yeah i don't i'm not sure why the, the wizard wizard fbi has a um has an execution method that is reminiscent of a a, a witch killer yeah why I, and i guess they're technically killing witches but um is so, that the so only way you can kill a witch is by dunking them into water? Is that some lore that we haven't uncovered? Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, so that that's a little a little well, background. So we stick with the scene a little bit because now Queenie gets involved. Uh, she uses her mind powers to hear that Tina is in distress. Um, yeah, and um, what she does is uh, walk real quickly to try and get to the execution chamber. And someone tries to stop her to do some paperwork or something. And she's like, I'm going to reveal your horny secret if you don't let me pass or whatever. <laughs> and, and and then I'm sorry, I'm going to reveal your horny secret if you don't let me pass. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, and then she is like power walking to meet them. But I guess she doesn't really have to do anything because Newt remembers that he has the swooping evil in his pocket or whatever. Um, and okay, so he's going to save Tina, right? Mm-hmm. Why? He's like, very I'm, compassionate. 
he's very compassionate. This is the second time that Tina has uh, tried to arrest him and make the president kill him. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I would not consider myself particularly violent or vengeful, but you know what? I think in his shoes in the second time that the person uh, in front of me has tried to send me to the death cops, I think I would leave them. Um, I'm yeah. not interested in saving them. It's such a bizarre, like, emotional moment because it's the trust, it's the trust fall scene, right? Because that's how it's all set up is is there's this, like, fucking swooping evil thing and it's, like, flying around the room and it's a big old scary bat and he's, and he has to do that thing where he makes eye contact with her and is like, trust me, just jump. And, And they do that whole thing. But again, there's no, there's no emotional resonance behind it because we fucking hate her right she's awful she's tried to kill him twice now they have no relationship no like like the last the last thing she the last time they interacted wasn't even like 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 the last thing that happened was was she locked him in the suitcase and took him to the president like they haven't had a scene in between where they're like sorry like or whatever like she's just irredeemably shitty to him yeah and was going to get them both killed. Yeah. And then I would like to point out that this is the second time in a J.K. Rowling racism story that the uh, that a flying creature can carry a surprising amount of weight. Uh, that because... is just a, that is just such a good theme that just keeps coming up <laughs> again and again. Um, I don't know what it means, but she's she's done it again. She's she's done it again. The She steps on the swooping evil and jumps off of it to safety. And then they meet Teeny, or excuse me, they meet Queenie. I got the Teeny. Um, <laughs> they meet Queenie, and there, and she like helps shepherd them out or whatever of of the building. And she's oh, and then oh, she puts them all in the suitcase, and then that guy is back and is like, "Hey, hey, Queenie, I got a big old boner, and and what's in your suitcase?" And she's like. Ladies oh, things, ladies things, wee hee, and then and then he's like, "Whoa!" Now I'm embarrassed, and I'm not horny anymore. And um, walks away, and and then they escape, and and yep. that's they're out that's of there. Her, that's her big contribution to the story. Uh, then they go to the speakeasy because Tina is like, "I know someone who can help get us some information on what's making the things explode." I guess. Okay, well, um, and here, here in the speakeasy, uh, we see. Uh, Sorry, hang on. Like, no, no, okay, no. Okay, we gotta yep. back up real I, quick. I, First, I, uh, we need to we need to talk about the most boring magical girl transformation sequence of all time. I hate it so much. It's so fucking stupid. Is this it looks, how magic works? If is magic an Unreal Engine particle tech demo? Yes. Okay. Actually, this is a great time to talk about this because the magic in this movie is out of control. I am I miss the days of Ron trying to turn Scabbers into a teacup and it turns into a furry cup with a tail because mm-hmm. this is like so so far we've had a Newt was it Newt that points at like a broken down building and just says Reparo and then it just he like magically like, just the whole building no big deal and then in this part they're like okay we're going to the speakeasy and uh, Tina and Queenie point their wands at themselves 
I don't even think they say anything and their clothes just transform into other just like beautiful dresses just beautiful <laughs> 20s dresses it's so funny because like but also it, it's like this it's it's like the it's like this money shot where it's supposed to be like wow look at these dresses transforming these 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 women are so pretty but it's like queenie was already wearing a pretty fashionable dress right so oh, it's yeah. just switching from one thing to another like it we're not it's not like a big transformation and tina looks fucking miserable like, like <laughs> just like deadpan staring towards the camera as her like oversized pea coat becomes a, a flapper dress it's just like this is like the ultimate like like cgi problem where it's like okay and now you react and you have to and you have to react to a thing that's not there and like they're just standing there it's so funny because because the movie wants you to be impressed by this right like it's a lingering shot on these characters like hell yeah now we're getting into some 20s stuff but it's like here's a here's a bored lady and another lady turning from one dress into another and they're like not they're not doing like they're not posing they're not like looking at the uh, at the dress and like you know they're not like doing the like cinderella thing i'm thinking where where she's like looking at what she's got on going like wow like like there's like they're just fucking bored they're so bored by the magic in this like uh, to be I fair I so am i <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah. i i think that this is honestly a harry potter movie problem because the the movies always make the magic more boring right like all the spells turn this into like this is the part where you should or... have been like impressed by magic right not the makuza scene right like yeah or like, i mean honestly we should honestly that scene should have been the i mean we got it twice because we got the suitcase and we get jacob looking at the animals but i think that would have been plenty yeah like or like i'm like this wouldn't probably wouldn't have been great either and probably would have had its own problems but like the other thing that's funny about this is one jacob and newt don't change into like cool 1920s like dude clothes they're just in their same attire the whole time so like they're not transforming either but there's not even a thing where like they see the girls transform into dresses and they're like there's no like reaction shot where they're like wow va va voom or whatever you know like, <laughs> like like they don't seem all that fucking impressed either like nobody is interested in this this would have been Mm -hmm. no yeah go 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 for it because i was just I'm gonna say that this would be a great opportunity for newt and even jacob to be wearing wizard clothes because we don't see wizards in robes in this movie ever no and no. i thought that i think that would have been cute because they're going to a wizarding establishment yeah and, and they could have put on their like flamboyant like wizard robes and maybe that could have had like some a, 20s flavor i don't yeah, know like dress robes like when like like 1920s dress robes that have like a thin tie or like a you know suspenders or whatever that would have been cute like yeah yeah no that doesn't happen and like no they walk in and tina and newt have the shittiest conversation of the movie when when they're <laughs> waiting for their her contact or whatever where tina's like oh don't worry i've arrested half of the people in here fuck you like <laughs> what is your problem tina i've actively made everyone here's life worse like thank you tina thank you. we like you so thank much i it's so wild because i know that she's supposed to be like a likable character in this movie but every time she has anything to say i just hate her i hate everything yeah. she does and says in this entire movie she's just 
the worst. It's, um, this scene is doubly funny because you, I, I was saying like when they changed into dresses and there's like no reaction shot of, of Jacob and Newt. Newt is staring at Tina's cleavage this entire shot. Like like just full on staring the entire time he's talking. But it's not acknowledged, and I don't know whether it was written in the script or whether this was just like an Eddie Redmayne acting thing that nobody noticed. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, Newt's got a got a big case of the not gaze in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, he really does. Um, um, can we talk about um, speakeasies and prohibition? And yeah, this is uh, fucked. Everything in this scene is yikes on on a huge nasty level. Yeah, um, I will give a little bit of good good old Pottermore background. Uh, there was no prohibition in the wizarding world at this time. This is this is explicitly canon. Uh, alcohol is not illegal, um, so this the speakeasy is just kind of for fun. I mean, we know that they're criminals, right? Because because mm-hmm. Tina says that at the beginning that she's arrested half of the people there, um, but but. Um, but what what it is they do? Who knows? Yeah. So, and and again, we we talked about this a little bit during the execution scene. That in this story about racism, uh, the the people of color are very absent. However, we get the black nurse that's in the execution chamber, and we also get the the singer the lead singer of of the band who is a black woman and also appears to be half house elf or goblin it's 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 something Uh, it's it read house elf to me yeah i I think that's i think it's probably just because they were making a probably it's probably a goblin and when they tried to make the features more feminine that reads more house elf to me because the noses are like kind of swooped and smaller Mm-hmm. on house elves it's, but it's not good it's not good it is so and they and they they're proud of this cgi singer like like she's there for a while it is really something i had completely blocked this memory out it is uh one of the most offensive caricatures i've seen in a movie recently maybe like it's real bad she's got like big lips and she's got like uh it's 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 i have no words for it other than just yikes really like like real bad choices everyone involved yeah and i and i think that I mean, especially I c- because the coding here is like this is a jazz club right like yes like this is black african-american art being performed in the 1920s in new york but no real black people are here just a fucking house elf or whatever it is really bad like from top to bottom yeah i i again keeps coming up but sure is kind of borrowing this imagery as if it is just kind of a fun little playground for for the wizarding world to have its stories in in a way that is is bad don't do this yeah don't do do this and they really hammer it home when when jacob goes to the bar and is like looking at the bartender and the bartender's like hey ain't you ever seen a house elf before thing (sighs) and and he's like oh no i love house elves my uncle was a house elf or whatever and i'm just like no 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 stop like 
please stop this. Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah. And there's certainly certainly more uh I guess loaded imagery later on, but I guess that's kind of I will wrap up that for the speakeasy scene. Because there yeah. are some character things that happen that I also hate. <laughs> uh, yeah, so here, so Ron Perlman arrives uh, uh-huh. as a goblin. Um, I love Ron Perlman dearly. He is one of my favorite actors. He's really phoning it in here. Um, <laughs> he, he is, he is, this feels like he was like reading his lines over Skype or something. Um, he, uh, he's not doing like a new voice or anything. He's not like... He's not leaning into it at all. He's just doing the Ron Perlman voice. Here he is to be a goblin in the speakeasy. And he... What is it that he's even offering? Like, he has information on the Obscurus? Or... or, or No, or it's Grey? like the la- It's like the snake thing that they're looking for. Or maybe? Oh, I don't... Oh, right. Yeah, they're looking for... The, yeah, they're looking for the, the snake The last thing. beast. The last fantastic beast. What a fantastic beast. Um, but in, in exchange for that information, he wants Newt's fantastic beast. He wants Newt's fantastic beast, the bow truckle with separation anxiety. Um, they kind of go back and forth on it, but it really does not take much for uh, Newt to break on this one. And he just hands over the bow truckle, who is terrified. And it's like, and as far as we know, there's like no plan to get him back or whatever, right? Like, he, like Newt isn't tricking this goblin. He no. just hands it over. No, um, he he's even have it like we see a shot of Newt crying, like he's wiping yeah. his eye, like he is sad, which really indicates to me that he was not going to get it back. Like there there no. was no plan. Um, so all of that stuff about Newt, you know, and his his like endless empathy and compassion for the animals that he takes care of, or it's just completely fucking out the window in this scene. Out, out the window. Um, then it's revealed that the goblin called the cops on them for some reason. Yep. Well, why not? How, wh- he runs a speakeasy. Like, what? I, I guess it's not technically illegal. <sighs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, if it would be one. Here's the obvious way to do this, I think. Tina says, I've arrested half the people in here. Then the goblin's like, you know you're not leaving and like some gangsters appear to rough them up or whatever get revenge on tina for being shitty i feel like that's the obvious way this should have gone right like like that at least makes sense and has like character motivation and i don't know why this guy is calling the cops anyway they escape it doesn't matter um and they go and get the 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 purple snake which is very cute i love i love the big snake monster it's a cute snake. The scene is very boring. It's just it's, a, it's just another actiony like CGI big scene, and I just where, don't care at all. Where they gotta because it fills available space and it's really big because it's in an attic, and so they need to put a roach in a teapot, um, and so they do that, and it takes ten minutes of CGI to get there, um, and then they put it in the teapot, and then he's done. They've got all the creatures, but the Obscurus is still out there. Bum 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 um so then the here's the big here's the catalyst for the big fuck fest action sequence that's about to follow so graves has secretly been looking for the obscurus for his own ends right and he thinks mm-hmm. it's the little girl um so he's finally convinced uh the bullcut boy that he needs to lead him to his sister because he thinks the sister is the obscurus 
um, as soon as they, they've gotten to the place where the sister is, uh, Graves thinks that he doesn't need the kid anymore. And he's like, well, little bitch, I guess we're done here. I hate you. Uh, you suck. <laughs> and I think you're a big crap Lord and uh, nice haircut much. Uh, he just like starts like ripping into him. And then it turns out he's the Obscurus. And there's this amazing oh. scene. There's this amazing scene where like, so this is like right after uh, uh, he's been roasted by, by, by uh, Graves. Um, and he knocks down all the walls with his Obscurus powers. And then Graves is like, I'm so sorry, King. I love you, pimp. You're so strong. <laughs> uh, and then, like, like, just really just like, like turns on a dime, like a fucking idiot. Like, like, but like, not, not really. He's not he a very scary villain or, no. or very competent or I'm, I'm not sure why he wants the Obscurus anyways. Um, he's, he is nothing to me in this movie. It's just. It's just so funny the way he he just goes from like "fuck you," "I hate you," "you suck," uh, uh, and then and then immediately just sees the power. He's like, "Wow, I was wrong. You're cool and strong, and I love you." Like, like just really, <laughs> just like like that's the best you got. That's your that's that's the best Colin Farrell's got for this movie. Okay, to be fair, you know what? I probably would phone it in on this one too. I just want that big fat JK paycheck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, so then are we on the final action sequence? Well, the final action sequence is about to start, but first we have the insanely bad green screen scene where they're all on the roof and they see the action sequence starting. They're like, we've got to help. Mm. Um, and it's where it's where Queenie reveals that she likes Jacob and Tina is like, I'll help you, even though I'm the fucking worst. And <laughs> um, yeah, they see in the distance the action sequence starting or whatever. So here we fucking go. Uh, Bull Cut Boy has gone. He's he's off the chain now. He's he's a big cloud. He's the monster from Lost and he's smashing every building he can find. Um, it's very loud. Uh, it's just full on explosion sounds as he smashes building to building uh a really funny scene happens where like 30 muggle cops all stand in the street and shoot it like it's a godzilla <laughs> movie or something uh-huh. um, again making muggles seem very threatening um yeah a very serious uh issue for wizards when they I all come hate... out and they stand behind their cop cars and uh-huh. shooting into the big cloud i hate this trend in in movies where the villain is just a fucking cloud or orb or whatever it's so fucking boring like i yeah um i can't even like really be mad at this movie because this just feels like it's all movies now i yeah i cannot stand this third act like city destruction fuck fest and i don't know who's who who i can point my finger it's the at. avengers fault i think is i think that's where it really got bad because when the Avengers, like those aliens coming through, it's like, okay, the end of the Avengers is 20 minutes of the aliens from gears of war, jumping on everyone in New York's cars. Like that is, <laughs> that is the end of that movie. It is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, this is every movie. Now the city just gets blown up for an hour. I hate it. It's so boring. And like, and I like monster movies, but like the difference is that in a monster movie, the monster's a character, right. And like matters and is cool to watch. And like, mm-hmm. it's cool to see how they stop it. This isn't that. This is just a fucking cloud. Like, it just bumps into stuff and it blows up and they shoot it and that's it. Like, it's it's so 
nothing um tina and grindelwald or excuse me tina um oops did i spoil it tina and graves get to have a a a very exciting harry potter duel in the street Um, yeah where they like just shoot lasers at each other no they specifically they shoot one laser that connects at each other and they go like dragon ball z and like hold their wands out at each other i thought that i thought that only harry and voldemort could do that because their wands had the same core yeah, I mean that's just how cool Graves is, I guess. Hmm. Really um, cool. Yeah. So they like corner it in a train station, and there's this fucking hilarious shot of like the Makuza cops have have caught on and they've shown up and they make this orb like shield around the train station. In this <laughs> scene that you're su- I'm sure you're supposed to think is like fucking badass, right? Like they're cording it off. It's just a no, it's just a bunch of guys holding their like arms out with a stick and the shield is appearing. It's really funny looking. I guess that, that'll be my final entry in I do not believe in this wizard muggle conflict because no. when a giant orb starts destroying the city, a bunch of wizards just stand in the street unbothered by anyone and just erect a enormous bubble. It's good. Okay. It's very good. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna yeah. watch out for those new Salemers. They might uh, do yeah. what to you. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Like, what, like, like, what? What could Muggles possibly do to wizards at this point, right? Th- yeah, there are four four angry cultists in a church. Uh, so, uh oh, watch out! Uh, they watch sometimes out. yell on the street and look like absolute fucking nut jobs so they might bother you on your way to work or something like yeah i guess so i so i i, I hate it i i guess it's that it's bad. like a cool effect scene i guess like damn they're putting down the wizard shield yeah uh yeah shit's about to go down in this train station which okay so here's like the one good ish scene we get here is newt is there and tries to talk to it right like yep. He talks to Credence, the, the bull cut boy, and he's like, I know what you are. Like, you don't have to be this way. We can fix this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's a neat scene. Uh, again, yeah. the 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 version of this movie where he is like a a compassionate animal expert is good. And like, I wish it was the movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, it, it should have been like, you know, this is a person in distress and, and Newt is awkward around people, but you know, he is, he manages to make an emotional connection with every creature. And in this moment, that skill comes through for him and yeah. he is able to, to save a child, save a child from being stuck in a, an unreal engine tech demo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a fate uh, worse than death. <laughs> oh god um and then just, and then uh 50 cops appear and just shoot him like yep. there's this extended shot of of like 50 wizard cops all in a row just shooting fully automatic wizard rounds into this kid for like a full minute and then he dies yep he ex- explodes and they is saved i guess this imagery is super fucking loaded right i'm not wrong no you're being right uncomfortable it's, with this right it is, not, like, it is not good um especially like this movie came out in 2016 which is like even closer to like i guess it's not even closer it's the same shit every every day isn't it but yeah like like you're the climax of your movie is 50 armed cops shooting one guy not into this like like no this sucks um 
especially in your movie that's supposed to be like about an oppressed class or whatever blah 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 like this sucks big time um and 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 it's and it's for that reason that the grave speech that happens here apart from the last line where he's like implying that he just wants to get rid of all muggles nothing he says in his like final emotional appeal feels wrong he's like we've got to stop having these separation laws like who do they protect like there's like there's specifically a line where he says like who is the law protecting and i'm like yeah fuck yeah like, yeah, dude. yeah like, we we just watched um a character whose story was is that he was like abused and uh and suppressed like suppressed by you know everyone right he he's a reject to a society and the cops showed up and and killed him right like yeah and, and so he goes on on this speech that this isn't serving people right like it's it's not protecting people uh and i'm yeah. on board with him i am on board with his his villain speech and yeah the very like end. 90 percent of his villain speech i'm like yeah you're right um because yeah he's he's basically just saying like like this 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 system is inefficient the government is corrupt the laws are written to protect the people in power uh and and the only thing that will come of this is more oppression is what he is saying then it, he ends it with so i should have all the power and i'll kill all the muggles and we don't have to worry about it so that part a yeah. little less into but the rest of it is like almost a compelling character motivation that right like like it's 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 bad when your movie's like big villain speech is the only coherent political statement yeah yeah so i mean until until his bad conclusion it's pretty much like yeah you're right and then we go into the weirdest reveal <laughs> yeah oh fuck and um, i don't even know what really is the catalyst here i don't know if this big speech is what makes people go oh i know what you're you are now um i think that it basically is it because he tries to leave and the cool badass president who just watched a kid get shot on her orders is like uh come here gravy we're gonna we're gonna get you and he like tries to leave but they grab him and force him to his knees and then newt does a revealio spell on him or whatever Mm, yep here's okay here's the thing i am no I'm not an FBI agent, but if I worked, <laughs> I, if I worked in the wizard FBI and it was my job to make sure that it was secure, I would probably make people walk through like a Revealio metal detector or something on the way to work. That seems reasonable. That, that might be a thing that I would suggest uh, so that uh, Grindelwald can't just pretend to be someone like also, is he using a polyjuice potion? Like what, how do you just become someone else magically like that? like i i do not know i don't really feel like this movie is very grounded in harry potter lore if i'm being honest no it's it's loosely connected to the to the like harry potter at best at this point it did not need to be a harry potter movie um so yeah so but but this fucking hilarious shot where like he slowly morphs into johnny depp (laughs) it's so funny like specifically morphing into like coke bloat sad current johnny depp where he doesn't do anything or say anything he just kneels there and is like being fed his lines through an earpiece and thinking about beating his wife or something and going like it's me grindelwald like 
Like it is, it is so bizarre that this movie uses film language in this like big reveal moment that is meaningless. Yeah, because it's just like it's just like in that moment, it's just like oh, Colin Farrell just turned into Johnny Depp, and I guess that's (laughs) supposed to mean something to me. Yeah, like why? Who is this? Um, yeah, our, our, our handsome, our handsome lead villain turned into, well, Johnny Depp, I guess. (laughs) This is is a terrible reveal. It's, it's so bad. And also just like really funny because like Colin Farrell has a look in this movie. Johnny Depp, I would say, looks like someone who would be really excited to talk to you at the gas station about Guns N' Roses or something, you know, like, like just really he has he so he's got like heterochromia going on he's got a stupid little mustache he's got a like macklemore haircut that's like (laughs) bleach blonde like who is this is this a cool 1920s guy like he does not when he when colin farrell morphs into johnny depp i do not look at that version of johnny depp and say yeah that looks like the same guy that just made that speech just now i look at him and i'm like can he stand is he okay (laughs) yeah is he all right yeah (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) yeah he he doesn't look okay i mean clearly like this is 2016 johnny depp this is gonna be peak like showing up showing to the set drunk getting his lines fed to him through an earpiece like like just completely out of his fucking mind johnny depp did he say anything in this movie he has one line i think i'm grindelwald like, so basically more or less it's or it's like you'll all see or something like that like like that's <laughs> that's it um so then he gets carted off um very threateningly uh and then the president is like well gosh darn it now all these muggles know that the city blew up um and and for some reason newt who just watched these cops murder a child is like on board with them i guess and he's like don't worry i can solve this problem and he like opens his suitcase and like a bur- frank flies out and he hands frank the the vial of memory juice and he goes you know what to do which i don't think he does he's a bird like like frank is a fucking bird i don't think he's been privy to the conversation you you guys have been having or speaks english for that matter but oh, he frank doesn't knows know what, what to do. do um also okay it is implied that like he just he's like okay i don't i guess i guess you don't need to go to arizona you can just be here right yeah well because he says like uh like oh I, I wanted to wait until we got to arizona but but i guess this is too important and like can he not like have frank fly and come back like yeah like frank can do this complex like memory charm plan but he can't fly back and then be like okay now let's take you to arizona yeah i don't know um so he flies into the sky emotional music plays and it like plays this montage this fucking amazing montage so you were saying that like like the the magic was off the chain in this movie this mm-hmm. scene where everyone is getting their memories erased while wizards are walking around holding their wands out and just completely revamping New York City is yeah incredible. Like, like no consequences. Everything is being repaired magically by a bunch of wizards in hats walking around with their with their sticks out. It's 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 nothing. Uh, they they don't care. This is not strenuous. 
work it at looks, all. It I looks guess. so goofy. I mean, it's literally like a city destruction CG sequence played backwards, right? Like yeah, that. That it, is the level of like, oh, this building is coming back together, like brick by brick, by like a wizard that's just standing there with his wand out, looking at it. Yeah. Um, it's very yeah. boring. I don't it's, know why we can't have consequences in stories. No. So th- this is like, so we're on like ending number three now. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, ending montage number three, but that's not all. Cause now again, the weird deference to authority that all these characters have when they've seen the like magic death chamber and stuff is so baffling to me because the president is like, you got to wipe that muggle's memory to Jacob. And I guess they just comply. Like, why okay. couldn't they just say? Yeah, why couldn't they just go like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, we'll do that later" or something, and like leave, uh, and like, I don't know, just let him. Come on, let him, let him stay wizarded. Um, yeah, and he just has like a line where he's like, "Ah, I'm okay with it." And it's like, why? It, it yeah. just, it's, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. This is like he's like the best character. I think he he really puts the most effort into this movie as far as his like like he's just like jovial and fun to be around as a character even if the scenes are stupid he is just like he is fun to watch and like yep. works well as a fish out of water type character in this movie um so i probably then... cared more about his ending which we'll get to than any of the other characters mm-hmm. um because i, I so think then... i felt the most like emotional connection with jacob of anyone yeah. in this movie and the Nifler. totally hell yeah the niffler's the real hero um but yeah the the so so queenie gives him a little smooch and then he walks into the rain and loses his memory like great um so that's ending number four uh (sighs) then ending number five uh the the jacob is walking out to the boat or whatever um Oh wait, no, sorry. Ending number five is is it cuts to Jacob like leaving a factory, his factory job that he hates, and then like you see Newt bump into him and drop a suitcase and it's full of the silver eggs. Uh mm-hmm. and uh and he's like, here's it has a note that's like, you're wasted in this factory, you should start a bakery. Um, which is very sweet, but there is this really funny implication where it's like you're wasted in this factory everyone else here is a fucking schmuck like like it's it's especially funny because this is like one of the only crowds that we ever see in this movie since the movie is like really like uh not populated very well but it's in the scene that um he's walking into the factory in this crowd of like nameless people yeah Uh, all those schmucks that are not wasted at the factory they are living their full potential yeah um so but but it is cute they so they give him they give him a suitcase full of full of silver so he can get the money to to make his bakery finally so that's cute so then we get to ending another ending where newt is getting back on the boat to go back to england and tina appears and oh there was this scene we didn't really talk about because it was terrible but like it's worthless it's completely it's worthless. Fucking worthless until there's this a, moment there's a scene where queenie is in the suitcase with them uh and is like well gee mister who's who's uh was a little strange uh and and he's like oh we don't we, we don't we talk anymore uh <laughs> he's gotta he, he we have to know that he's not gay um he, he likes a lady uh 
So Tina shows up at the docks as he's about to get on the boat um, and tries to say, and like, I like part of this because they're both awkward. And I like this thing of like two awkward characters trying to tell each other they love each other and not being mm-hmm. able to. I enjoy that on paper. Like they're, they're they're doing a good job of being awkward. That being said, Tina is the worst and I hate her and I do not feel any sympathy for her in this situation because she tried to get Newt killed two times and is also she has been reinstated as a cop in this scene. So she oh, yeah. saw all this shit happen. She saw the death chamber. She saw them mow down a teenager and she's like, you know what? I want my job back. I want to Got be my job back. Um, and so she sucks like like she's supposed no to be a likable character, right? Like we're yeah. supposed to like her. Yeah, she's got she's supposed to have gumption and and she's supposed to be relatable and like yeah, this this part where she's like I'm supposed to like oh, I hope the I hope they get together. I don't. I hope he I hope Newt stays far away from Tina who who is a fucking awful snitch who nearly got him killed twice um for her own personal gain even. Like yeah to to get her job back or because she just can't stop doing her job or because she's just like even when she has no authority she's like a shitty little authoritarian yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i guess that's the problem like uh, we you know i i wouldn't say that i'm a big fan of cops i would say fictional cops are fine you know a lot of the time <laughs> i can i can because set my yeah that's not what stories are about most of the time you know like tv cops are you know they're solving a mystery it's it's a it's a it's a vehicle to solve a mystery and like do the right thing and help people right um <laughs> that's not what these cops are about no these, this is this is a respect for authority story and even like the all the bad things that happen it's it's not a the death chamber is bad it's Grindelwald the death is chamber bad. is good. Yeah, the death chamber is good when it's used correctly or whatever. It's like no, and this it's like a- the system isn't bad. It's that Grindelwald infiltrated the system and did bad things. Yeah, which is a running theme in J.K. Rowling's work. Like the system's good, but people ruin it sometimes. Like which is always yeah when they are evil. Yeah, um, evil dark wizards. So it's just so it's, back this to the movie is in such a yeah, but this movie is in such a weird spot where uh, it both comes uncomfortably close to portraying what actual cops are like in America, right? Like mm-hmm. self-serving cults of authority, like et cetera, et cetera. But also is showing you that in service of a story about how cool they are, right? So it's not like it's showing you this stuff and criticizing it, you know, it's showing you the stuff and everyone is supposed to think it's like good that the that the wizard cops are here to keep people safe. Like it's Yeah, very... and this is and this is supposed to be a great thing. It's like, oh good, Tina got her job back. We love that because yeah. we love her. Uh, yeah. but that's not really how it reads, and then she has a horrible moment. Um where she's so so she starts crying and then very angrily is like, does Luke because they're talking about him, he'll he like his awkward, like the only way he can like because he clearly likes her, right? And and but and mm-hmm. his God knows why, but like like his way of flirting is going, 
uh, well, my book's going to get published, and uh, would you like me to to give you a copy or whatever? Um, and then she starts crying. She's like, does Letta Strange like to read? And it's like, uh, it's so fucking good, because we're just thinking, like, does your whore like books, Newt? Like, it's so angry. <laughs> like, like, why is she this fucking worked up about it like she's horrible she's horrible start to finish in this whole movie she's just the worst like i'm sure like there's definitely a way you can have a character express like ah i love you but i think you have a a girlfriend or whatever but like she's just like accusatory like does your fucking girlfriend like your books new it's so (laughs) weird (laughs) um and then and then he drops the bomb that he doesn't know because he hasn't spoken to her in a long time. And then he's like, "Oh, I what if I give you my book in person?" And then she's like, "Yeah, I like that." And then they they walk away. So good job. I would say that J.K. Rowling is approaching like George Lucas tier of being unable to write relationships between characters. Like, yeah, this is this is psycho. Like like the behavior that Tina exhibits here is uncomfortable and weird. Yes, I agree, and and I, but it's so hard for me to tell because I just don't like this character, and I know that the the movie is trying to communicate something different to me that I just can't pick up <laughs> Get on. Over. Yeah, it, like it would be one thing if like after all that she's like, no, I don't really want to be in Makusa anymore, like like or something, you know, like if that was her arc where she learned to like get the stick out of her ass or whatever. There's there's no even like lip service to her like being like, I'm gonna go in and make sure nothing like this ever happens again, you know, like I, yeah, like if Tina was like an entryist or something, that would at least be like respectable, <laughs> like like you know, like whatever, um. Yeah, if she was like, I'm going to fix Makusa from the inside, I'd be like, well, good luck. But okay, at least your heart's in the right place. Like, we don't even get that. No, no, we we get nothing because I don't think that we're supposed to think there was anything wrong with anything that happened. It just happened. And Grindelwald is the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So then finally, after we're, we're on our 18th ending now, uh, uh, which is... Uh, Jacob has a really cute bakery and like he's made it's adorable all these... it, this part is so good and should have been just the ending of the movie without any of this other bullshit like if this was the end to the like the caper movie it would be perfect right, he's made even, all these even it could it could have been something along the lines of like he could have had to lose his memory in some kind of noble sacrifice because again i feel like the movie was trying to use that language to make it mm-hmm. act as if it's like some kind of sacrifice like necessary sacrifice he's making for his friends except it isn't it's meaningless <laughs> it's just deference to authority that they don't need to do yeah um so yeah but he's made all these really adorable like cakes and pastries that are like in the shapes of the creatures that he encountered in the story and it's so good i want a niffler pastry so bad maybe they have them at the the wizarding world of hell yeah. harry potter hell yeah um, they've got it right they've got i hope so we'll have to find out when they move cursed child to california we'll be able to go and 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 get some niffler cakes and and vip butterbeer or whatever the fuck um but yeah it's it's like very cute and then and then queenie walks in 
and he like like touches his bite that he got at the beginning of the movie and he like starts to remember and that's the ending i think that's cute like i like that that was a good ending i agree yeah it's a cute it's a cute ending um and it should have overridden all of the other endings in the movie but like like it just comes after for one i feel like the the uh cgi scene just feels like being hit in the face with a baseball bat over and over (laughs) Uh, and then you have to watch all these endings to get to the one ending that has any emotional resonance this movie's a lot and this movie has the same thing that i felt like walking out of transformers 2 for the first time where i was like i I saw transformers 2 in theaters like when i was in high school or whatever and i remember walking out and being like that was really fun and then like being in the car ride home being like well it was kind of too long and then like sitting around at home going like and those two like little robots they were kind of racist and then (laughs) going like why did the big robot at the end have balls and then like two hours later just being full on like i fucking hated that movie like i have that with this movie where it's like it it browbeats you into submission and you're like oh that wasn't so bad i guess until you think about it and it all starts falling apart slowly for me yeah yeah i think that's true like i i walk i i mean i guess when i watched it because i I know you saw it like around when it came out, right? I never did. Mm-hmm. I, I was out of the Harry Potter game uh, for sure. So I didn't go and see it. So this was my first time watching it. And I probably watched it with a more critical eye just because I knew we were doing this with it. Um, mm-hmm. But there was like a lot of charming stuff in it, right? Like we talked about the Niffler scene. I liked Jacob a lot. Um, and it's easy to walk away with with those kinds of things and being like, oh, that was pretty fun like i wouldn't say that was a great movie or even maybe even a good movie but i could probably Uh say that was a a fun movie um but but then you know it's it's hard to not not feel like it undermines itself and also it's just like i also walked away and, and thought like what happened in that movie yeah i mean like we I mean, we, we to be fair, we did watch it kind of a, like a week ago at this point, right? But also, I feel like remembering a movie shouldn't be that hard. And, and we had to write separate lists of notes to make sure that we had remembered everything that was in this movie. And it's not even a long movie. It's two hours. It's not a like overly long or complicated movie. It's just a movie that's crammed full of random crap. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this movie longer than it is. Um, yes, we have. We're in the credits right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so I, and you know, I've heard some things about this movie that are praised and that I kind of agree with. That Newt is a, is not a typical uh, male lead in an action movie, and I do think that's true. A lot of his the qualities that he has that are, uh, I don't even want to say they're qualities that are rewarded, but but qualities that are are painted in a good light are his his empathy and his his compassion and and kind of his sensitivity um which is it's pretty unusual for for like a male lead in an action adventure kind of movie um mm-hmm. i i again think the story didn't do him any justice because uh while that tends to be true i don't feel like he's ever truly rewarded by the story for any of those things the kid gets shot anyway 
and his girlfriend just rejoins the cops for some reason. Um, uh-huh. In the, in the pivotal moment, he goes and gives away his favorite bow truckle, and then later on, we get an absolutely insane scene where the bow truckle is mad at him, and he's like, "Ah, uh, don't be like that. I was never going to do that," and I just don't believe him. Yeah, like, like, what are you there's talking no about? You absolutely were like clearly not, and so now he's like lying to his his friend i mean and that's the thing is like i keep the coming back to the source material and how he was like an old school uh naturalist biologist kind of character um and here it's it's much more he relates to the animals and has like boundless empathy and compassion for them so I don't understand that moment where it's like, I'm going to give it my bow truckle. And then it's also contrasted with these creatures, especially the bow truckle. They aren't animals in the movie. You know, they are, they are anthropomorphized in a way yeah. that I would, I would go so far as to say like, this is Newt's friend, the bow truckle. Yes, so, totally. so I don't know. I don't know why the movie seeks to undermine his character in that way. Um, but I, I don't think that there are no redeeming qualities about his character existing. And same with the rhino scene. Like, like he does this big performance, but it doesn't matter because it all turns into an action scene anyway. Yeah. It's just too many, it's too many ideas at once. It is, uh, it is a heist movie. It is a horror movie and it is an action movie all competing for space and none of them interact with each other. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, um I, I i couldn't track the story i guess like i still if, if someone were to ask me what this the story was about it, it's really hard to like parse it because the the part where newt has to get all of the animals back is so loosely connected yeah to the main story which is about grindelwald trying to get an obscurus for his own purposes that then destroys the city because of his actions i guess because he was mean to the kid um yeah and like i have a hard time even understanding what the connection is i guess that that newt happened to have an obscurus also and that grindelwald kind of tried to frame him for having having (laughs) one and then that bizarre line where tina's like oh if we capture all of your like escaped animals then maybe you won't be in as much trouble or yeah. some, or some, and it just it just doesn't. These these stories are not connected. Like they no. have nothing to do with each other. They 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 only intersect during the big action sequence at the end when they all decide on that rooftop. Like ah, we better help with the obscurus thing. Like they could have just all left at that point. Honestly, I don't know why this has to be such a big story. I don't I don't know why there can't just be a fun movie about some animals that escaped in New York city without it having to be this, uh, very clumsy story about what did, what did JK Rowling say that the, the story was about? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we, we have to hit this, uh, the, the title fantastic <sighs> beasts is about how, uh, what is it? We are the beasts or the beasts inside of us. Uh, and, and coming to terms with it, it, it she does the full, like, we are the last of us with this with this fucking title it's, it's incredible so um and um, i i is is that what this movie is about is this a movie about child abuse and how it like harms society like and i, I just or is it about like magical racism and oppression 
because even those things don't seem connected because there's there's a level of like muggles are, are mean and, and distrustful of wizards because they don't understand them or they feel threatened by them. But also this kid is being abused unrelated because I don't think that he is a known wizard. Mm-hmm. It's just that his mom hates magic and he's he's being abused, but he's also being shunned by society for being in a cult in the first place. I, and having I just, a stupid haircut. And having a stupid, like weird bowl cut. Um, so I just, there are so many like chaotic disconnected <laughs> messages and thoughts in this movie that just don't come together in any comprehensible way. But I guess it's really just about the fantastic beasts that, that we are and, and how we make other people into beasts, I guess. Um, well, Hey, we should go easy on J.K. Rowling because this is her first screenplay. Damn, it's true. Yeah, uh, quite a budget for a first screenplay. <laughs> yeah, gotta this is say, an indie, indie film. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's 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 weird comparing this to Chamber of Secrets because I don't think Chamber of Secrets was like fantastic either, but I think that it was a much better movie. Like it is, it is a solid plot right like they they salvaged a solid movie out of that book Mm -hmm. this because it's coming straight from the source like it's it is jk rowling and like like this is the original thing this is so this is equally as aimless as the book chamber of secrets was and it's like trying to be about similar themes like there's just this doldrums in the middle where nothing really happens and nothing's connected and we're just like stewing with the like teases of a plot starting i guess and that's a thing that was a big problem in that book um but i think at the end of the day i would still much rather watch the like kind of awkward chamber of secrets adaptation than ever watch this movie again oh yeah easily um uh I think the Chamber of Secrets does a much better job and is probably served by being a smaller story. I, I think that J.K. Rowling as an author is so uh, honestly like very transparent in the ways that I can tell what themes and, and things are very emotionally resonant to her and that she wants to write about, but also like conversely refuses to want to learn about, right? <laughs> like I, I am looking at this like blockbuster movie that's about um, about oppression and, and about you know like i i guess like child, child abuse, abuse as it re- as it intersects with oppression um and it takes place in the 20s and uses very loaded imagery when it does so and i am convinced that she knows nothing about any of those things <laughs> yeah, beyond like, how she feels about them like she I, she read the great gatsby and was like wow cool parties yeah kinda yeah um so i don't know maybe maybe she should read it read another book please read another book please watch any other films please some other book or even another movie (laughs) 